0: Welcome to the Brain Candy Podcast. Recently, my brother asked me, do you begin your podcast with, hey guys, because you know how that's like the YouTube thing?
1: Is that what people do?
0: They always are like, hey guys. Or they start with so. (laughs) So So, here we are. (laughs) So welcome to the Brain Candy Podcast, episode 103. 103. I'm Susie, and I'm with the beautiful and Mm. sweet... Oh. Kinda. (laughs) (laughs) That's not true. And sassy. Yep. Sarah Rice. That's me, people. Today, we are talking about television. You might think... We don't know that much because we just were on reality TV. What do we know?
1: We know a lot. Yeah, well, also, I'm sick of talking about reality television because I feel like we're missing out on some of the best parts of TV, which are not reality television. That's
0: true. So we're going to, like, take a trip down memory lane, talk about our old favorites, talk about New what's faves. going on now.
1: Yeah. Are there any shows that you've recently binge watched that you're just Ooh. into? Gosh. hmm No. What was the most recent binge watch? Like, intervention. Intervention. I
0: get into that every season when that's on. And then it, like, stockpiles in my DVR, and then I watch a bunch Uh of them. uh And then I feel okay about myself. But also, here's an intervention before we get too far into this thing that is also helping me feel better about myself, which is this amazing company called Hubble. It's basically like the Warby Parker for contact lenses. So if you wear contact lenses and you're like, dang, I need to remortgage my house because these things are so freaking expensive. Well, you're not alone. And somebody had the same idea and was like, I'm going to fix this problem. And so they basically slashed the prices of contact lenses in half and then put it online, made it so easy that it takes me less than the time it takes me to boil a kettle of water for my cup of tea to... Upload my information and get the prescription in and get contact lenses sent to me. So stop overpaying and overwearing. Give your darn eyes a break. Go to hubblecontacts.com. Get your first two weeks of lenses for free. That's 15 pairs of lenses for free. You Can't really beat that. Get 2020 vision for half the price. That's hubblecontacts.com.
1: But anyway. What about you? (laughs) Uh...
0: I house just, of Cards. House of Cards
1: I just started, and I'm crazy about it. And then you know what else I love? Wait, did you just start it completely?
2: It's completely. Like and you're already three on season ago.
1: Three? Well, because Landon and I spent my birthday weekend on the couch and True watched- binging. 14 hours between Saturday and Sunday. You're kidding me. I, I, I apologize for none of it. <laughs> you just love it. Well, and we just hadn't – we've both been just crazy busy and traveling and blah, blah, blah. We hadn't had a time to just
0: Can you believe there was a time when people – there was no such thing as binge watching?
1: No. It's a sad thing. So sad. Well, because that's what I think when I turn on House of Cards. I'm like, you mean to tell me that there's some alternate universe in which I have to wait a week to find out what happens next? Oh, hell no.
0: You know – to speak to that, we have a guest later, Ken Levine, who wrote for like tons of my favorite shows, including Cheers. So you can imagine how excited I am. Yeah. But I saw him on CNN's documentary series. Uh, it was called the '70s, and then they did the '80s. Did yeah. you See those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they talked about how in the '80s, do you remember the cliffhanger? Who shot J.R. on Dallas? Yeah. You yes. were too young, but I mean, no, you I know, do. and it was the whole other season. Not only was it the whole other season, so you had to wait all summer. Yes. To find out oh. who shot JR.
1: What if you missed it?
0: But there was a writer's strike.
1: Oh my God. So,
0: like, they had to wait even longer. And it was like six months of people like, who oh, shot JR? And, like, we, I am glad things are the way they are, but that is something that's like, you don't know anymore of and like you can't waiting. You can just
1: hop on directtv.com and, like, go to your DVR and get that, pull that one out of. No, if you miss it, you so, missed it, or you get your friend scratchy tape recording of it where they ran over to the TV press record, but they missed the first half of it and they didn't get the recap from the previous episode. It's all bad.
0: Do you prefer it now though? You like the ability to just watch when you want to watch. Yeah, I
1: know, but like, do you feel like we're missing out on anything? No, because I think it's upped the quality of television. I really do think that the, uh, rise of popularity of Netflix and Amazon prime and even Hulu Have taken the advertising out. I mean, it's still in there, but in different ways, like product placement. But they took out the advertising, and I really do feel like they left the creativity in the hands of the people who are creative. Like when they, I was listening to uh, Neil Patrick Harris talk about uh, his new show, Lemony Snickets, and he said that they let him go for it. Whose show is that? It's on. Uh, well, Neil Patrick say? Harris oh, yeah, yeah. is in Lemony Snicket's It's a series of unfortunate events that's on Amazon Prime, I'm pretty sure. And they give them total creative reign. Usually the, the production company or the, the, um, the studios come in and say – They give you notes. Yes. They're like, we don't want you to include this or we need you to include this. But all of these new ways for television shows, and even web series. I think web series were so great because they birthed so many awesome, like, comedians' careers. And, like, Broad City started. Is that how it began? Uh, Yeah, they were series. a web series. I think they were a web series first that then got picked up for. And uh, what's the other? Yeah, there's another one. Oh, gosh. What's her name? It's the black girl. She got her HBO show. Mm, it's so good but it started as a uh web series and she really proved that there was an audience for a female african-american lead in a major show because she's like look at how many millions is it a comedy or yes oh i have to look it's really funny too um uh
0: i wish i knew in the meantime what's your favorite song theme song from the 70s or 80s i'll see if i have it available here oh
1: she was from the the show awkward black girl is a ray shines so the the web series was called awkward black girl and then she re, hbo recruited her to do her own series called insecure
0: oh yeah and okay. it's real cute okay what's your favorite theme song from the 80s or 70s this is cool. old school
1: From the... I have a favorite. Uh, You know, I think classic like Brady Bunch, but I also like... Oh, no, no, no. Gilligan's Island.
0: Oh, my God. Is that on here? That's the 60s. It's older than
1: that? Yeah. No.
0: (laughs) That's not the 70s or 80s. Okay. So eighties think like growing pains. You oh, know those yeah, ones. I'll yeah. play mine, and you can think about. Give me, yours. give me,
1: give me some. Here's That's a fun classic things I forget. Fun. Okay, wait. First, I had to just tell people what you're using to play this. What system we have set up. So I come over, and we're doing this whole episode on television. And Susie's like, "Hey, I have <laughs> the perfect thing," and she busts out. Not one. Not two. Okay, hold on. And we can't even pause it because the system in which we're playing it is battled. <laughs> but three entire disc collections of your favorite television theme songs. Each disc has 65 television theme songs on it.
0: I know, it's like we're going in a time machine. We are.
1: And... Hold, on.
0: hold on. Okay, so my first one.
1: What's your favorite?
0: That's not it. Hold on. Uh, my favorite is... We're
1: playing this on a CD on an old-school Bose machine, so... Here we go.
0: Ready? It's coming oh. at you live. Here we go. I love how there's a delay.
1: Can we get Come some, on! Can we get some volume?
0: <laughs> this
1: is my favorite part. Mine, too. Now the world don't <gasps> to the, the beat of just hard hard. Hard.
3: one, John. Right yeah. yeah. Song.
1: How great is this song? <sighs> We've got to go until it gets to the good part. Different strokes it takes. Different strokes it takes. Different
0: strokes through the world. How great is that song? So good. Got a special kind of story. I love how my machine is so old that it's like
1: malfunctioning. It's like, I don't know how to work anymore. On the next one, I'm definitely taking a picture with you holding her boombox a la uh, (laughs) Quick, John Cusack in Ask Me Anything or Say Anything or whatever the fuck that movie's called. If I were better at my (laughs) pop references, this joke would have been so much better. Sarah called it Ask Me Anything. I was thinking about our (laughs) episode. Of acid.
0: I mean, here's what's gonna happen. This episode is gonna end up in the garbage. No, it's not. <laughs>
1: Lies. It's great.
0: I love how in different strokes. I never really watched the show, but I love the theme song. As you can see, and the the title they <clears throat> apostrophe. I knew it. it. They only took out one letter, the e. Diff rent. Let me see. Right there.
1: Yeah, but that's how they. That's how they do it in the show. What different strokes? It's spelled like that,
0: right? I, know. I think that's ridiculous. Why are you? Why is there a an apostrophe? I think because the leads were black.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> and it's that like was absolutely a microaggression, right, right. there.
0: Because come on, why are we? Why mm-hmm. is this slang now? Because you left out the e in
1: different. Mm-hmm. Come on. And also, you wouldn't say different any different. <laughs>
0: If There's no way the to e. even emphasize no. the distinction. Uh, also, Ugh. on this, of course, who's the boss? Perfect Strangers, Golden Girls. We love. Mm. We should play Golden Girls. People love that. Yeah, play that one. Also, let me see. And because this one you should say? be our theme song. Oh. Ready? Hold on, my CD player.
1: <laughs> That's so funny. Fantasy Island. Oh, what about the Love Boat? Oh, that's good. Travel down the road and back again. I need to watch more Golden Girls. Is there a Golden Girl <laughs> that you, you think you are? Me? <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Mm, get it. Invited everyone you Oh man. Do you have a Golden Girl that you think you are? Please.
3: B Arthur. B Arthur. Blanche. I don't know.
1: Blanche. Was she not a good one? I told you I need I, to watch more Gone Girls. I, I don't really know. I am Dorothy Spornick. Period. Oh yes, you are.
0: There's yes, no are. one who is more Dorothy Spornick than me besides Dorothy Spornick. Who are yeah. you? You
1: are definitely Betty White. I uh, yes I am. I was gonna say that too. She's the nicest one. Uh huh. But like. But then says things that she's. And then people just let it go because she's the nice one. Yeah, I know. Yeah.
0: Do you embrace that, that you're her?
1: Well, like I said, like, I really think that I probably need to binge watch the Golden Girls for. Do, are a full you not day. a big fan, like, normally? I can't say that I'm not a big fan because I have yet to dabble in the Golden Girls. Uh, collection really explore the golden girls collection Sarah, I, say. I think that you really would love it i know i would i mean it has everything all of a girl could ask for sassy women a lot of loose sexual innuendos well you know what i love about no, it no pun intended is
0: the right the the writing on it is so smart and great and it's all women that are on i do it. love that i mean come on i would love to know how many of the writers were women that oh, would be it. okay. Maybe well, let's sad. that. That's yeah. really
1: interesting. Um, speaking of really good writing, you know what show I recently got into? My husband said I would just love, and he was right because I do, and I think you'd love it too. The Newsroom. What's that? Oh my god! It's so good. It's with, uh, you know, and this is <laughs> this whole episode is hilarious because <laughs> we don't it's know anything. Proof that I'm going to be a mom because. When you when I try to name that actress, I do with the thing that every mom does, and it's like, you know, it's like that one guy. He was in that thing, and then you say the name that sounds like it, but it's totally not it. And it's they like never know. Dermot Mulrooney when you mean
0: Mac- Dylan McDermott yes, or whatever. That's <laughs> it. It's
1: like Dermot McRooney, you're Like Dylan McDermott? Yes, that one. That's what I said. No, it's not. Well, who is it actually? Um, it is the guy from Dumb and Dumber. But not Jim oh yeah Carey. yeah I know Jeff Daniels <laughs> Jeff Daniels woo high five I can't believe you finally got it I got to go a long way around the mountain but I'll get there Oh I've heard good things about it it's phenomenal and it's um okay Andrew Sorkin mm-hmm. something Sorkin Aaron Aaron duh, dang it I was so close but the writing is so fast and fast paced very like West Wing really fast talking like Gilmore Girls style. That it makes it really fun to watch, and it creates this um, feeling of everything being very rushed, like this sense of... Urgency. Urgency, yeah. And I really like that. I think it's just absolutely beautifully written. So, And then they take real news stories, and they do the behind-the-scenes. So they did, I mean, they they... Whatever news story, like a uh, big hurricane, or yeah. you know things that are really happening, and they, they so great show. Watch that. What else you got?
0: I got a good one.
1: Oh, are we switching cities? Well, yeah, is but like it's still
0: the same seventies and eighties. Okay. Okay, hold on. Um, this is one that I know all the words to, and I hope you do too. Oh, oh. This is so going sad. out to a gal in um, Iowa who. Uh, oh. <laughs> This is going out to a little gal in Iowa who's listening to our show. It's a long-distance dedication. I have no one in mind. I just think that'd be funny to do. <laughs> I feel like uh, <laughs> they you're used about to, do to that.
1: Sh- the Mary Tyler Moore saw- show with, since it's going out to a girl. And- yeah, good point. This is totally
0: not like that.
1: Oh. How great is, is it? it- Green? No, it's not. What's what what show is this from? This is The Jefferson. The Jeffersons. That's a, You know what's funny is I know all the words to that yeah. theme song and I couldn't tell you what show it is. I like when they break it down like this off fry in the kids <laughs> all I
3: love it.
1: Thank you. Oh, that's great.
0: What I don't get, though, I think maybe my older listeners <laughs> – I'm still on the radio. <laughs> or ones
1: with an old soul.
0: We'll agree. Why did theme songs go away? What, did they? Well, so we have Friends, and that sort of was the end, and then Frasier. But then what? A Big Bang Theory? What do they have?
1: How's uh, it go? Don't even get me started. Uh, no, I mean, wait, I don't wait, know. Wait, I uh,
0: genuinely don't know the theme song to Big Bang Theory. Or like Two and a Half months, They well, had the the one that's like –
1: Wait no, it's on the tip of my tongue, and I know every word to it. the The
0: the two and a half men one's like, "Who?" It ends with that. Who? Oh yeah.
1: There's not the same like
0: description of this. Here's what the show is: the Jeffersons. They're moving on up. They
1: they left their job and they got this. Where the song was written for to tell you what the show is. No, definitely the 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 Big Bang Theory one. It goes. Our whole universe was in a hot dense state the nearly fourteen years ago expansion started wait. The earth began to drill the other all- toast began to drill. Neanderthals invented tools, they built the walls they built the pyramids, mass science, history, unraveling in the mysteries it all started with a big bang, bang okay, so maybe the problem is we just don't have that many
0: sitcoms. yes, what about modern family? what's their tune? Nothing no, nothing, just like sound and like the office was just a no, song, but yeah, uh, nah. Which I do love, but there's no description of, like, here's what you're about to watch. Correct. You're right. So is it because of the – because that type of um, show is called single cam?
1: It's the single cam. So,
0: like, a lot of people consider that line to be drawn with Everybody Loves Raymond, that they were the last multi-cam show that sort of – they won the Emmy for Best Sitcom. And Uh then ever since then, it's been uh, single cam?
3: Yeah. That tends to
0: be successful? Modern Family, Office, Parks and Rec –
1: all those styles. Oh, you know what? There, there is one good one, but it's totally random, and it's uh, the um, uh, what is it like? The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah, th- I think that that theme song is so perfect. What is it? It's a so the whole show is about a girl <laughs> who was held captive, yeah. underground, and she like emerges in a cult or something. In, yeah, and it's so funny. It's so it's Tina Fey. It's just perfectly written. And then when she comes out from being captive underground, there's this like crazy guy on the street who they were recording who says something crazy and they catch it and it gets turned into one of those viral videos that they turn into a song.
3: Um. And so
1: they took that and they made that the theme song. So they took, they like made it relate to the show and made it funny. So if you watch the show, you see why the, the, theme song is funny, and it also is, like, what they do now when the crazy guy in the Mm. street says something and then they turn it into, like, you know, a viral video with a track over it.
0: All right, so you're arguing that maybe it's not that the theme song is dead, that it's just... Creativity's dead, no. (laughs) Our hearts are dead. (laughs) Yeah. Because, I mean, if I think about it, Roseanne really didn't have, like, a theme song apart from... The harmonica.
1: Uh huh. But then there's. I really do love the iconic sounds of television shows, like Law and Order, and they do the dun Ooh, dun. Ooh, let
0: me put that on for you.
1: Oh, please. I have that for you. Or do you just want me to say in the criminal justice system, especially case especially, something cases are. When did that show begin? E something, something, but blah blah blah. Uh, I think they just celebrated like their a thousandth episode. Good God. That's crazy. A thousand? I think so. So what is it's something like the people are represented by two equally yet important groups, the police who investigate the crimes and the district attorneys who prosecute the offenders. Come on. These are their stories. Dun 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 Oh it's perfect timing! Holy crap, that was
2: so good. <laughs>
1: Oh, God, that just paints the scene for me. Right? It's intense. And we're going to do a slow walk to the camera in a line, (laughs) all of us in a group. That was like your best work ever. Like, we were in tandem. I mean, and then the play just happened at the perfect time, which is hard to plan on that (laughs) 1992 system you're working there. That I'm sure... If I sold enough magazines for my school, this is a thing, I could this win that. This is expensive. <laughs> I bet in 1992 it was
0: <laughs> a bow system that'll run you 500 smackaroos. Yeah, you're right.
1: It's real nice, people.
0: It's not. It's not. But <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. When you hear the song, though, Law and Order,
1: mm-hmm.
0: what do you feel? Something. Uh-huh. What do you feel?
1: Joy. No, I feel more, uh, I, th- I'm, I'm in. Like you have me locked because I need to find out what happens because they do it perfect. They do, they give you the clip that sets up what's going to happen. The cold open. The cold that's open. That's what it's called.
0: If you see anything before a theme song, that's called the cold open. I love open. a cold open. Me too. The Office did
1: it. Cheers did it. Some Didn't of my Cheers favorite- invent it? Probably. I mean, they really, and that has got to be the greatest theme song
0: Oh my god should we play it why i we? thought
1: i'd have to wait like ages for you to finally be like why don't you play cheers i mean i think that if ever i were to come over and you were in a funk problem solved i can just turn on the theme song to cheers get ready
0: get for ready for something folks. special
1: get ready for a sing-along <laughs> the, just those notes don't they make you happy you have no idea
3: making your way in the world today. <laughs> It's everything you've got taking
2: a break from all your worries sure would help a lot wouldn't you like to get away i mean
0: come on where you gotta go sometimes you wanna go where
1: everybody
0: knows your name i mean come on so good I mean, that is where I want to
1: go. You want to go, and you know what? I think when people think television theme song, that's what comes in their head. You think? I do. I think if you were to say to just somebody the Brady random Bunch
0: on the, is t- pretty high up there though because of how it's like. Here's a story.
1: It tells the oh, exact story. This is a story. <gasps> a lovely lady. Yeah. I do love that that theme song.
0: Why do you love it so much?
1: Because I loved the opening, then they were in the box and they looked at each other and it would say, I, know, "I wonder how they came up with that." I, it was cute. I gotta have Sherwood Schwartz on was here,
0: the creator.
1: Living all together, but they were all alone. I all have a alone. question. Boom, 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 to this People one are gonna day. hate this episode. When lady met this fella. No, they're gonna love it because they're gonna be singing along and they're gonna be like, "I love that."
0: I have a question. Yeah. About a show, and then I'll play its theme song. Okay. Have you heard about how they're going to bring back? Well, they're, I think they're bringing back like, so well, many. Will and Grace is coming back
1: with the original cast members. Yeah.
0: They're doing a bunch of. Did you see their election episode that they brought back on the internet? And it was just like the show.
1: No, to like
0: dump Trump. Basically, I have to
1: watch this. It's, was it good?
0: We'll put it in the newsletter. Okay, we'll put this in. This it's, is, it was just like the real show. And I it's do like, love
2: that. And is Rosita. Karen back?
0: Karen's back, and she's voting for Trump. Of course she is. In the episode. And, like, everyone's like, but you you have an illegal immigrant working <laughs> for you. And it's just so perfect. So then they got it. I think it's on Netflix. They're doing, like, ten episodes or something. See?
1: There full you go. House. It's my Netflix
0: peeps. But why is it that, like, all these shows that we're nostalgic for, we want them back. And, like, Full House will be back on Netflix. But then there are no new shows to replace them. Like we're unwilling to give new shows a chance. I don't think
1: so. I disagree. I think right now we are at a time in television where we're seeing some big changes and, uh, fresh off the boat is one of the funniest shows on television that shows that you can, it's the first time an Asian American audience or an Asian American family has been depicted on television. I think in like 20 years, something. And it's not just for Asian Americans. It's a Freaking hilarious show. The same uh, um blackish is a heli- – Modern Family is a new one that's absolutely hilarious. I think we're um, – oh, another one, Masters of None with Aziz Ansari is one on Netflix that's – I didn't a- like it. Oh, I loved it.
0: It's so weird.
1: Oh, my God. I loved it. And when the season was over, I'm really mad that it's been almost a year that they haven't come out with a season two. I'm thirsty for another one of that. Uh, Another season of that show
0: If this episode tells us nothing It's that we're people of nostalgia, right? Yes So we're very sentimental Yes. We like to celebrate memories Yes And a way that we do that is through framebridge.com Yes I am obsessed I talked to you guys last time about how I was going to have my PhD uh, Doctoral What what do you call it? Diploma (laughs) Yeah
1: Ph.D., but doesn't <laughs> know the word. <laughs> the thing in a frame.
0: Frames. And I sent it. I, I uploaded it and sent it to the people at framebridge.com. And they. I asked them to design it. They <gasps> sent me back like six options.
3: Oh, And beautiful. I chose
0: the one I wanted, and I'm just waiting for it to come. And it was so easy. So you guys should go to framebridge.com, and you can get 15% off your first order and free shipping when you use my code BRAINCANDY. But don't wait because the offer expires this week. So go to framebridge.com, use code BRAINCANDY, and you can take those pictures from your phone or Instagram and you can choose from the curated collection of frames and then get that art sent to you for free and preview it before you do it. So you, you know you're going to love it. Framebridge.com, code BRAINCANDY for 15% off and free shipping. It's awesome. We tried... We were talking last time about how you can directly upload from Instagram. Hello. Yes. Frame bridge. What do you have to say about that? Well, I,
1: I was just going to tell our friends. That as <laughs> I know. Soon that's as I why cut- I wanted to
0: give you a chance. Like, don't you have something to say? <laughs> yeah. I have
1: to tell you what it was <laughs> it like makes when me look good. Over to Susie's house. <laughs> so I come over to, to Susie's house today, friends, oh, that's so and funny. she did the cutest darn thing, which I mean, you, it sounds so easy, but like none of us ever do it. She printed photos printed photos that we have taken over the past year. So when I came over I was like, are those actual like photo photos? Like it's
0: weird to hello, me. Hello people, you hear it? I As am a, photo. a person who still does that. Like I upload them and I print them it's out. It's so special.
1: And like everyone gets so excited. Well, because we never have these and now I have all these beautiful pictures of of the la- of us over these last 100 episodes and I want to put this in a frame. Uh but anyway,
0: I the Master of None I never got into. I didn't find it funny. Blackish, I love, I love the clips I've seen, but I haven't watched. It's real good. Where and- is that? ABC? Yes.
1: Okay. Oh, oh, okay. ABC should get a ton of credit. They also have a great show called Speechless that's out right now that is a family where, I mean, it's just a family, and it and all of the things that happen in this normal family. And one of the children has cerebral palsy and he's in a wheelchair and doesn't speak. And so it's, but it shows you that they're just fricking people, which is the same thing that will and grace did with, uh, that was the first gay kiss on television. The one between will and, uh um, maybe the first gay male kiss, the first gay male kiss. It was the one between will. It was a big deal when like, when all that happened, and and oh god, but I but there were definitely
0: that. some in the real world, so maybe that's scripted only. Oh, I love that about you know that's one of my favorite things about the real you world. You are right. Yeah, is that they were putting people on TV from 1992 on that were like not
1: featured anywhere else. But yeah, I'll brag and say my season got nominated for a GLAAD award because of uh, Caitlyn. No, we're the first people to depict a transgender. Can I ask you person. something
0: about that? Yeah. Because weirdly, we've never talked about it, and I, I don't know how close you are with Caitlin anymore. Mm-hmm. But like, what is her feeling about the show
1: now? You know, I don't know. I think she's kind of removed from it. I would have yeah. to ask her. You know, but she seems to be very successful and happy. And in, in like, do you think own... she
0: has regrets, or she's glad she did it? No, or? I
1: think she's glad she did it. Hmm. You know, and I think. Uh, do, do you think she felt like a trailblazer? Yeah. Well, and even if she doesn't feel like that, I feel like that for her. I know that she is that. Well, yeah. I know that she's that. I, and she absolutely paved the way to make it easier for other people who are trans and are. That's cool. Other people who are on television and also happen to be trans.
0: Sure. Or even um, trans characters. Yes. You know?
1: Well, and now I'm really liking that they're starting to actually use trans characters to play trans people. Mm -hmm. You know, it seems really ridiculous to me because I, there are trans actors out there. There are people who would identify as trans and who also like to act and who are probably really good at acting. This
0: this is, you know, like when you watch shows from back in the day, it reveals cultural shifts. Yes. So I'm, as everyone knows, I'm a big friends fan Mm -hmm. and Chandler's dad is described as gay on the show. But then Kathleen Turner uh-huh. played his dad yeah. as a drag queen yeah. in Vegas in Viva Las Vegas.
3: <laughs> and
0: that was funny and great. And she did a magnificent job playing that character. But then at the wedding, his dad showed up, same dress as a, a woman. And it's like, um, that's not a drag character. Right. That's a, a trans- transgender yes, parent. Yes,
1: it was. And Gar- uh, For sure.
0: And I'm just... I don't know whether that was just a sign of the times or like they were misinformed or how we're supposed to interpret that, but that's not a gay guy. I think a way diamond.
1: to almost normalize trans parents before we had a comment, like a sub, I don't want to call it a subcategory because that's not what it is. It's before we. Well, it is a subculture. It is yeah uh, but like I don't want to say that I don't want to call transgender people a subcategory of the gay population Oh no, is they know what like I'm saying. That. I'm saying that they're two separate, you know, so I think that maybe that maybe somebody on Friends wrote that into a script to normalize
0: or maybe they just that. thought of it all as one thing, like gay right that's what drag I, think queen. That they, I
1: think they did. I think it was considered all it was like one thing, even though that's what they were talking about. Yeah, that was still under a gay umbrella, I guess.
0: Yeah, but it's big old rainbow colored gay ass umbrella. (laughs) It's weird now to watch because, like, you think, wait, Taylor's dad is presenting as female, and why are we pretending like this is just a gay guy? It's not. It's not. But you know, you can kind of see society's shifts Mm -hmm. through that lens, Mm -hmm. and I guess I feel like that's why it's so important. Um, and why I wanted to interview Ken Levine, who I have later, um, and he's so fascinating because he worked on the Jeffersons, MASH, oh. uh, Cheers, Frasier, Wings, which I loved. <gasps> Frasier. Frasier.
1: I love Frasier. Right? Oh my God. Such I love great f- shows. And the jokes are extra funny. And they hold up. When you're in a psychology program. See? I mean, I'm sitting there, like, cracking up, and my husband's rolling his eyes. I was like, <laughs> Freudian <laughs>
0: sips, like, about coffee. He's like, oh, God. <laughs> right, and, like, I don't know. I guess I'm an old fuddy-duddy, because yeah. I'm always, like, you know, nostalgic for this other era, and you're like, no, 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 it's still there. And I'm like, nope, I don't see it. <laughs> Why? Why do you think I'm missing it? Ugh. <sighs> What is, it's like when people's fashion sense stops at whatever age that oh they peak. my peaked. God,
1: it does stop.
0: And when they stop trying, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, you stopped trying when in the 1980s, so then mm-hmm. you still dress like that forever. <sighs> I'm like that with TV. It's oh like, God, that's I peaked in 1998. Yeah. That's where I'm done.
1: Yeah, you do. You are very resistant to new <laughs> shows that I try to pitched yeah. you that are really good you're like, like you no said, it's
0: not like the old thing you said veep is amazing everyone loves oh veep. my god it's phenomenal did you not like it i haven't watched it susie but it's I know, weird but you're so it's a, you have it, other things is it a, no is it a drama is it a comedy i don't it's, know
1: it, <laughs> <laughs> you right now i'm dealing with <laughs> nana no no it's worse it's walter Matthau's character from freaking grumpy Grubby old, old man i'm like trying to convince you to go on a hawaiian vacation and you're giving me all the reasons about how there's the most rain in hawaii of all the states and i'm like okay well that's not exactly what we're focusing on you're missing all the good stuff well what's the answer is it
0: a drama or a comedy it must be a comedy it's a comedy Why is there no audience?
1: But it's the same way, uh, it's like The Office. Yeah. It's like The Office. Is it? Yes. It's basically your... You uh, really love that style of filmmaking. I do. It's like you're getting... It's reality television, but it's not reality television. And really, this entire genre, that... that, John, what do you call that? Multi-camera...
0: Oh, yeah, that's a single cam if it's, like, Modern Family. If it's multi-cam, it's, like, on sticks, you know, like, everybody loves Raymond or Family Matters okay.
1: or... so the office, what is that, what would you call... That's single cam. Single cam, but there, it's also, like, du- a mockumentary. yeah. So I think this mockumentary... Is that what Veep is? Yeah, Yeah, but they don't do the interviews. They But it really is real life. It's supposed to be, like, this is what's happening behind the scenes in real life. And then... It's almost, yeah, it's like you're behind the this curtain. This sounds horrible. No, it's everything.
0: You're, you're really bad at I'm selling it. I'm terrible
1: at selling it. Oh, you know it's
0: what? really good. You know what I think it, we okay, need? Okay, you know what?
1: You know what? The oh, Emmys agree
2: with me because they gave him a bunch of awards.
0: Yeah, it's because there's nobody else to give it to. Get, you know Oh, what? yeah,
1: because everybody you love is dead.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting.
0: You know what I know will solve our problem? Something we can all get on board with.
1: <gasps> oh my God! Oh, I, I. This is all that. This, this is a story all about how my life got turned upside down. I like to take a minute to sit right, right there tell
3: you how I became the prince of a town called Bel Air.
0: I mean, come on. I keep saying that.
3: <laughs> I mean, come
0: on. Come on. Have you
1: seen that shirt out there that says, if she can't finish in West, in West Philadelphia, Philadelphia, she's too young. Of <laughs> That's funny. I'll shoot some b-ball outside of
0: the school. Are there people that don't know
1: the words to that? Yeah. <gasps> uh, I'll tell you. So every year... With the exception of the last two years, because, you know, I'm busy. Uh, I go to summer camp, and I work at the... Wait a minute. Yeah. I Hold don't go it. to summer camp. Hold I'm a it. director at summer camp.
0: Okay. I That actually never occurred to me that you stopped going.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, just two years, I missed. Are you I okay? <sighs> well, one year you I a challenge. I do miss it. One but then at the same time, I'm like, fuck, I'm not 18 anymore, and it's really exhausting to watch... Six hundred children for twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. For I mean, one is cool, but like six hundred of them is a lot. Wow, you know, maybe five
0: hundred. I it never registered that like this thing that's so important to you has stopped. I
1: mean, I've just are you done? I've you're retired. I mean, I'm retired as as my role as the arts and crafts director at camp, maybe. But I am active in other ways, like you know. Doing stuff on the board or, like, That's raising right, so money right. or donating money. So I know that, you still
0: care. I'm yeah, just...
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm But wait, like, what were you going to say about it?
0: That oh, they don't oh, know the theme no. song? No, so
1: one of the one of our favorite parts of camp, like, we do campfires and we always, like, sing songs at campfires. So, you know, sometimes between, you know, the cabins I'll do little skits and stuff. And sometimes when we need filler between the skits, a counselor will run out and they'll start a theme song. Sure, Like... We used to do, when I was a camper, we sang Gilligan's Island. Yeah. We sang the Brady Bunch. Yeah. We sang Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yeah. And that was pretty much it. Yeah. If you start the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air song, they don't know how to finish. Now we sing... That's sick. Spongebob. And we sing this other, like, I think it's from Adventure Time, or but I don't know the words to it. It's like another kid's song that goes really, really fast, and the kids all know the words too, and they love it, and they go crazy for it. But mm. here's I don't what know the bugs words. me about so this. So that shows you how fucking disconnected so and all that.
0: What year were you born?
1: 1986.
0: Okay, 1986. But you were singing a song from The Brady Bunch, which aired from 1968 to 1974. Don't ask me how I know that. And. <laughs> So that is twenty to twenty-five mm-hmm. years before you were even born, right? And then when you went now, and so now you're getting out. And then it's worse because we have access to all of this now.
1: Yes.
0: The, and the reruns are on. Of course they are. <laughs> they would know friends though. I know they would know friends. Yeah, because now they're like Cri-. the
1: worst. Is when my thirteen-year-old uh, uh, sister-in-law tells me about how good the show Friends is. And I was like, oh, you're, you'd you like to tell me? Because she's how old? 13. Yeah. And she's now watching MTV, and it's on MTV. And she's like, oh, my God, the show Friends is so funny. I was like, yeah. It was also funny when the originals aired on my television, and I caught it when Ross and Rachel were really going through the mud. The thing is, it really is good. It's so good.
0: And- it holds up. So it bumps me out though because I was watching an interview because like when I'm real sad I'll like (laughs) oh no I'll just like watch interviews with friends people to be like wonder what else they have to say about it and uh, Matt LeBlanc who played Joey was talking about how one season he decided he was going to take the writers out to skydive as like you know just fun thing to like build camaraderie there was one female writer on the show. There was like uh, twenty dudes and one lady, that bumps uh, me out. Well, you know, I... I we didn't finish I, looking up the Golden Girls
1: situation. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you know, I really have thought about a lot, uh, uh, thought a lot about this recently, and especially after reading our book club book for January, um, which was "You Can't Touch My Hair" and other things so I shouldn't have to explain. Yeah, or February, sorry, by Phoebe Robinson, and there are so many times where I, Veep is a perfect example. I asked my husband, who is a very, would would call himself a feminist, would say he's aware, all this stuff. But I, I said, honey, you're going to love this show, Veep. It's so funny. And he immediately wrote it off. If it's a female lead, uh, like I also told him that the movie Bridesmaids was hilarious. He's like, oh, well, it took it took convincing because and and it just drives me crazy because he would never have to convince me to watch the movie The Hangover. Because that's the default norm, is the guy. It's like why I don't understand. If I if I can have the same open mind to thinking that a movie that take that is about male life situations, if I can think that's funny, then how come you can't have the same approach to thinking what female to relate to is funny. It just is so subtle and it's so deeply ingrained in us that we don't even notice when we do it. At, well, I notice because I fucking notice this shit. But he doesn't even realize that Well, you he notice has because you're a, among the oppressed group. Correct. And
0: like, that's why Moonlight was such a great picture to be best picture because it's about not just like black love mm-hmm. but queer black love. Mm-hmm. And... Mm-hmm. I read this amazing article about, like, if you're not black and queer and you're watching the film, what is it like for you? Right. Because that's what it's like for most minorities when they're watching every Everything. other thing ever. You, you have to find – because I'm reading – there's this great book called Hitmakers, and it talks about how when we're consuming a movie or TV or whatever, we think that it's because we need an escape. That life is hard and we need to escape and a break. But the truth is, the most entertaining things are when we find ourselves yes. in a book, in a movie, in a play, and whatever. Ugh. And so, if you can't find yourself in something, then either you have a problem <laughs> or you're a bigot or whatever. Yes. But, like, you haven't been trained to be able to find yes. yourself when the people don't look like you.
1: And you immediately, because, you know, and. Uh, speaking of again of this book in reading a book that maybe somebody who didn't know better would look at a cover that had an african-american woman on it and say this is a book for african-american women after reading that book it's like i have more in common with this girl than any book i've read in the last you name it like i feel so i it it was like me i mean Not with what she went through as being an African-American woman, but it just shows you that maybe we have more in common. They always say that there's more, the between group differences are far less than the differences within the group. Mm -hmm. So there's far more of a range of individuals if you just look at white men, one white man versus another white man, than a white guy versus a black guy—they could have way more in common than somebody within your own group. But we just fucking write it off if it—if we think it's not for us. Mm-hmm. That is so. Well, that's why I'm so happy with all these new television well, shows. Well, yeah, that that we're that's on the good part that show how. And we have new comedians who are saying, "I can be funny and a woman and pregnant and Asian or black or you know, Indian or whatever."
0: Right. I mean, it's just like the, the the thing that I worry about is, is it so nichey that then everyone just finds their people and their tribe and then consumes that little thing? Because like you don't have these big monster hits like you did with – we were talking about Dallas and right. MASH, these sort of mm. collective experiences because there's so many options. Yeah. So then do we just find, oh, I'm similar
1: to mm, that's a good point. Chelsea Handler or whatever it is. Yeah, but I'm not similar to the ones that I love. And I, I mean, but like, if I you love, love Fresh f- Off the Boat, but I don't have any experience with if being in an Asian American family. And I freaking love that show because I like, Yeah, it's just real Relationship. I mean, it's all the same. It's like, you know, the overbearing mother and the, but it exists across multiple, you know, different cultures or whatever. It's, well, you know, I think it's good to expose people to, and if you can use humor, television is so freaking great because they really are the ones who come out and set. I don't know if it's like social example. trends. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I look at shows be, going to camp really gave me a lot of insight into what, what are kids watching? What are kids seeing? And what are their ideas on things? I really do think as much as some parents hate the show family guy and think it's like, Oh, my kids learning about, you know, I don't know, whatever the heck the same thing my parents said about the Simpsons or whatever. It also normalizes a lot of other things Mm -hmm. where kids now, they don't give a fuck about like gay, they're like, what, who cares? Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, let them get, I mean, at least the kids that I see on a regular, and it doesn't matter what kind of family they come from, they all have, they're far more open-minded because they watch a television show that shows two guys, even if they joke about it, it still becomes more normal. And Yeah. You know,
0: yeah, I mean, I guess we just need to embrace sort of the change in the ways that media is consumed now. It's weird when we think about it that we're a part of the shift.
1: It's really weird especially weird, your I season, my like God,
0: it, like but it's really cool and something to reflect upon, but I want to hear what people what theme songs people love, what shows people love, what shows they're watching now. I want you guys to tweet to us and let us know. And um, I just want to introduce our guest today, Ken Levine. You should check out his blog, which was named one of the top ten blogs by Time Magazine because he talks about writing and TV. That's amazing. And he's sort of encyclopedic about the world of entertainment, so you will love him. And obviously he wrote for all these comedies. He's hilarious. So, uh, before we get to the interview with Ken, I just want to encourage my listeners to take advantage of a special offer with Stamps.com. You guys know how much merch we're throwing out the door to you people clamoring for our goods. Well, we couldn't do it without Stamps.com, and now they're going to give you a little something extra. If you go to Stamps.com, you can get a four-week trial, which includes postage and a digital scale. And here's the thing, you basically, with that, get a post office at your desk. So if you're tired of having to go out and go to the post office and you want to do it when you want to do it, then Stamps.com is perfect for you because it never closes at your house. You can do it in your jammies. Go to Stamps.com and use our name, Brain Candy, for the special offer. Here's how you do it. Click on the radio microphone at the top of Stamps.com and type in Brain Candy. That's Stamps.com and enter Brain Candy, and then you get your postage and your digital scale and a four-week trial. You're welcome. Okay, let's welcome Ken Levine. I, as you know, am your super fan, so I'm very honored to have you on the Brain Candy podcast.
3: Thank you. It's fun to be here.
0: I have been harassing you for years because... I think that you're a comedic genius and I wanted to start by asking you, cause you have a blog and you talk a lot about television and how like the state of affairs now, cause you've been working in the industry for so long. So let's talk about what you think about television and entertainment at the moment.
3: Well, I think it is a golden time for television dramas I I think television dramas are better now than they've ever been. Uh, But in terms of comedy, um, I don't think this is really a golden time. You know, there are very few shows, very few sitcoms that are really big hits. Uh, I guess you'd have to say The Big Bang Theory, uh, Modern Family, and Blackish. although most of those shows are aging a little bit. Yeah. Um, and a lot of what is considered comedy today is very niche. It's right. for a very specific audience. But as a result, um, none of those shows have any kind of major impact. There was a survey that was taken by a, uh, a media group, uh, and, and it took the 10 Shows that were nominated for Best Comedy and Best Drama for the Golden Globes. And it asked many people around the country uh, the following questions. Have you watched the show? Have you heard of the show but haven't seen it? And have you never even heard of this show? And it's shocking that shows like Veep, which are on HBO, And have won Emmys for the best comedy, that type of thing. Yeah. 5% of the country has seen it, and maybe another 50, 60% has heard of it, and the rest don't even know it exists. And then you take a show like uh, Mozart in the Jungle or (laughs) Transparent, and, you know, in LA, everybody knows about those shows, but around the world, something like 2% of the country has even seen transparent and like 78% of the country has never even heard That's of transparent. Crazy. Yeah. I mean, so I get it's that not like the old days.
0: Right. And I get that, you know, now we have so many more options and you, all that sort of thing, but like you would still think that certain things are just funny to lots of people and would find an audience, but not so. Right.
3: Yeah, and to me, it's it's really a shame uh, because, you know, you talk about shows that are water cooler shows, right. meaning the day after people at the office are talking about it. And now because everybody is into their own niche programming and everybody has DVRs and is watching shows on their own timetable, that what's missing is the shared experience. right. And uh, and that's that's really kind of sad
0: to me yeah. because
3: that was always part of the fun was just the whole society aspect of it. And the fact that, like I said, it was a, a shared experience. Uh, it wasn't 100 people all having their own agendas and watching at their own timetable.
0: And do you think that's just the way it is forevermore now?
3: Well, I think certain things will come along from time to time that, um, that do um, create or recreate that experience. Uh, sporting events, certain things like the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you see what happened last night? Or mm-hmm. the Super Bowl? Or if there is, uh, you know, the finale of American Idol, when American Idol meant something. Or now, I think the closest that we have is Saturday Night Live. Yeah, that people want to watch Saturday Night Live and see, you know what they're what they're doing, how they're lampooning the uh, the president and the country, right. and and that's what they talk about. So I, I would say um, Saturday Night Live at the moment is the closest thing that we have, but it's it's very different and. Boy, I think back to being on M.A.S.H. and being on Cheers and the finales of those shows and how those became national events. Mm -hmm. And I was uh, at the last Cheers party, which was held at the bar that you see in Boston, Mm -hmm. and they had giant jumbotron screens (laughs) uh, set up across the street in the Boston Commons. And there was something like 20,000 people that came out to watch that final episode. And like I said, it was a national event. And it was so cool to be a part of something like that. Uh, I don't think that's going to be the case when the last episode of Two Broke Girls aired.
0: <laughs> You're always making fun of Two Broke Girls, aren't you?
3: Because it's terrible. <laughs>
0: What's because I haven't seen it. What's so bad about it?
3: It's just <laughs> terrible, cheap sex jokes. Really? Just the kind of stuff that you grew out of in the seventh grade. Right.
0: <laughs> well, so why do you think they're doing that? Who's watching this show?
3: <laughs> uh, well, I guess uh, enough people. But, yeah. you know, it's you, you never go broke. Um, underestimating the uh, public, I guess.
0: That's such a bummer. But you were a part of such a special time in TV, and you were recently or relatively recently on the CNN specials about the 70s and 80s, right?
3: Yeah. Did did you love that? I loved it. Yeah, they're really great documentaries and really cool opening titles. The opening titles are fantastic. But, you know, when you do those things, um you know they call you in they yeah. say uh we're doing a thing on television and so they call you in and they interview you for like an hour yeah and you know because you're a writer they're maybe going to use 15 seconds of it you know yeah. actors will be on for 20 minutes but the writers <laughs> you know will get like one or two sound bites <laughs> and that that was the case in the 70s and uh and I I saw it air and I thought okay that's fine and then they kept repeating it and repeating it, and I, people are coming up to me for months saying, yeah. "Hey, I saw you on CNN." And then they had me on for the '80s, and they used even more of me for that. Yeah. And like I said, um, you know, I, I went to visit, you know, my father who um, is at the moment uh, rehabbing, and and I went to the rehab center, and the guard. sees me and goes, Hey, (laughs) you were on CNN. Hey, that's cool. So yeah. So I did one for the 90s. We recorded it about two months ago. And I think the 90s is going to premiere sometime in May. So let's see if if I get any more uh, screen time.
0: Oh, I love that. I, I think those were so well made. And they did make me a little sad though, because of what you guys talked about with, for example, when you talked about you know, who shot Jr. and those sort of huge touchstones and cultural experiences that, right. as we're discussing, probably won't happen again.
3: Yeah, yeah. Very few. Yeah, Very few bum, yeah. will occur in the future.
0: Well, and that was cool because it's you guys bad. provided, like, the context for it. Because I didn't know that there was, like, a – was it a writer's strike at that time?
3: Oh, there have been several writer's yeah. strikes. <laughs> what is we with may you people? We even have another one this year. <laughs> What there's happens? Always writer's oh, man. You guys are <laughs> yeah, the there's, worst. There's always writer's strikes. Well, what, <laughs> happens, what happens is this. You know, if the actors go out on strike, you can't shoot any shows. If the directors go out on strike, you can't shoot any shows. If the writers go out on strike, then, you know, you dig up old scripts. Wow. So, uh, you know, writers don't have the same kind of leverage to shut down the industry the way the others do. So we end up going on strike more than, than they do.
0: Well, I support you, Ken.
3: No, thank you. (laughs) It's the only way that we get in our 10,000 steps.
0: Right. (laughs) Well, so what do you think when you are thinking about the way shows are written now and how people often talk about, the way that networks provide too many notes and make you guys, they stifle creativity a bit. What do you think
3: about that? Yeah. Well, um, you know, I was so lucky, Susie, that my partner and I were on MASH and we were story editors. And as luck would have it, the head writer above us left the show and we moved up and we were the head writers of MASH. We were 26 years old.
0: That's crazy. And
3: there was absolutely no network interference. They just wanted to know what the episodes were about. There was no studio interference. Hmm. Uh, 26 years old, and we're, <laughs> you know,
0: drunk we're with power flying
3: the, the Starship Enterprise <laughs> here. And, uh, and we did a pretty good job. Those shows are still being seen today. And and I, you know, I'm so spoiled because of that. Yeah. Uh, But now, I mean, everything has to be approved, Uh, not just the actors, the the story uh, outlines, the notions of the stories, the drafts, uh, the writers, uh, everything. Um, I I did a pilot a number of years ago uh, for a major network. And a guy came out and was approving the set dressing, you know, approving the lamps and the couch (laughs) and things like that. And uh, so I took him into the kitchen set and I opened the refrigerator door and I said, "Uh, "Okay, you want to approve what's in there? (laughs) And he said, he said, well, will we see it? You know, I I, I thought, you know, I was being. Suitably sarcastic enough. <laughs> and he goes, well, let me see. Yeah, no, no okay. That stuff is okay. But oh like, he took me at face value. He took me, it's, it's, it's just unbelievable. And, um, and I think what happens then is things become homogenized. Yeah, You know, all of a sudden uh, every line, every story idea uh, has to be uh, approved by seven, eight people, you yeah. know, I mean, how do you have your own voice? But what's driving when, that? Why when are you're they doing it? When you're always satisfying everybody. What?
0: Why are they doing that though?
3: Because they can, because they, they have the, um, the power and authority, mm-hmm. you know, now the networks also own the shows. Right. So, you really don't have an awful lot of leverage. And all of that would be fine if the quality of the shows were better. You know, if the quality of the shows were better, you can go, well, okay, it's a pain in the ass, but look at the results. But they're not. exactly. They're not.
0: Do you have any hope? Like, is there a certain show that you're like, okay, that is something that you might've seen, you know, in the 80s or 90s or 70s?
3: Um, in terms of of comedy quality, yeah. Comedies, um, not at the moment. Oh man! But it's pilot season, and uh, there'll be a whole new crop of shows coming on in um, in September. And hope um,
0: springs eternal.
3: Yeah, exactly. And all you're going to need is one. Yeah. You know, all you need is like one Cosby show to turn things around. And uh, if there's another great multi-camera show like Friends, then it's going to, you know, suddenly swing the pendulum the other way Mm -hmm. and there'll be more comedies. It was really kind of sad. Uh, My partner and I had been writing on Cheers since day one, and we also wrote on Frasier. And we reached the end, our last. Frazier, and it was like maybe the second or third episode from the end. And so we've been writing those characters for 22 right. years. And, uh, and I stood on the stage with David, and the show was playing really well, uh, getting a lot of laughs, and I turned to my partner, and I said, is this the last time that anyone is going to let us do this? Oh. Write a sophisticated half-hour comedy. Yeah. And that was what two thousand and five, two thousand and six, something like that when Fraser went off the air, yeah, so so far, yeah,
0: damn yeah do you have do you think you'll go back now. and and pitch new pilots
3: no um if if we come up with an idea that we really love, we will probably write the script on spec, mm-hmm. and then we will hand it to networks and say, if you want to do this, if you want to do this show, this script, (laughs) then, then we will do it. And if not, and you feel you need to change it and, um, you know, turn, uh, the bar into a garage. No, no, thank you. We Respectfully, (laughs) you know, shake hands and we'll go away. Uh, so that's the only way I could see us, us yeah. doing it. And it might happen. you know, there's delivery systems now, you know, Amazon or Netflix or something like that. But first yeah. we have to have an idea that we're really passionate about. And what I've been doing in the meantime has been writing plays where you can still write sophisticated yeah. plays starring grown-ups having grown-up issues. Yeah, uh, and um, yeah, so that's been been very rewarding. Yeah, and you know, you and when your you have a hundred people, yeah, and I have a podcast now, <laughs> which has really been fun.
0: Tell me about it.
3: Uh, you know, I had a blog. I still have my blog. Uh, I've had it for like eleven and a half years, and I've always wanted to do a podcast because uh, my first love is radio. I yeah. started out as a top forty disc jockey and then became a talk show host, and then moved off into Major League Baseball announcing. So I've announced Major League Baseball for years. And so I've always had this love of radio, and podcasts are like the perfect forum for somebody like me. Yeah. And so um, I finally, thanks to you and your wizard husband, who... (laughs) you know who put me on the road to doing this um because in terms of dealing with equipment and stuff like that yeah. it's like on and off switch what's that <laughs> uh but uh i've i've been doing it now for um for a few months and and i i just love it and it's it's very similar to my blog in that yeah. it's humor based but i talk about the industry. Yeah. Um, I tell old war stories. <laughs> I give um, advice to writers. I answer listener questions, like you and Sarah do. Yeah. I uh, I do movie reviews um, and and various other silly thing. Also interviews. I interview various people, uh, writers of friends. Uh, a guy who worked at Disney for many years and uh, provided a lot of inside tips on how to get around Disneyland and Disney World. Uh, so I'm trying to introduce uh, people to some of the writers who whose work they've known and loved for years, but they've just seen a credit on the screen and they don't really know the person. Yeah. So it's a chance to introduce them to, uh, to a wider audience. It's been a a great experience, really fun.
0: And I love it because it's completely original because there's so many podcasts now and they all tend to sound similar to each other. I almost feel like people are parroting each other, but yours is different and fresh. And it really does take the tone of your blog, which I also love and then puts it on in an audio format. And it's so fun. And I really want people to check it out.
3: Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And I get no notes. (laughs) I'm able to do like a whole show without any notes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What if I did that? Right. What if I just started now? I'm going to be like a network
3: yeah, right. Well, you know, I, I, I do get them from my wife, but okay. I do.
0: No, I love what you do. It's wonderful. I hope people subscribe. Now, does
3: your husband give you notes? Does, does Adam please uh, listen to shows and go, really? <laughs> Never. You know Never. Huh?
0: He trusts my judgment, Ken.
3: Okay. <laughs> I would
0: kill him. He knows that. Uh-huh. But, yeah, I'm glad that you do what you do, and I do hope people subscribe. It's called Hollywood and Levine, which I love because it's punny. That's very cute that you chose that name.
3: Yeah, and it's it really says what the show's about, too.
0: Exactly. I love it. Yeah. yeah. And where can people find your
3: blog? Uh, they can find it at kenlevine.blogspot.com. Okay. Or, because yeah. I tell people to do this, it's so much easier, go to Google, <laughs> type in Ken Levine blog, it'll come up, click on it, bookmark it. Uh, but I, I really hope that uh, that you check out the podcast and yeah. subscribe. Yeah, man. Subscribe. Yeah. We'll put I the do link- it once a week. Yeah. mm mm-hmm.
0: We have a newsletter that we send out, so we'll put a link to it in our newsletter if you guys want no, to um, sign up for that. It's at thebraincandypodcast.com. But for now, thank you for coming on the show, Ken.
3: My pleasure. You're the thank best. Thank you, Suzie.